You're listening to audio from Queen City Church. Thank you for joining us. We hope this message will encourage you and offer practical steps for a relationship with God that keeps getting better and better. Today we are in the sixth and final week of a series that's all about identity that we're calling Hello My Name Is. And I don't know about you, I've really enjoyed this series. In fact, this has been one of my favorite series that we've done in the history of our church, the long history of our church, three and a half years. Um, and, um, and here's been our big idea of this series is that when you know who you are, that's what we're talking about in this series, when you know who you are, you will know what to do. In other words, that when you understand like who God says that you are, like when you understand your God-given identity, it will drastically affect how you and I live our day-to-day lives. And in this series, we've been looking at God's word and letting him tell us who we are. And this week, I wanna close out this series by looking at some words that Jesus said himself in, in Matthew chapter five. And before I read these scriptures, I do wanna give you a little bit of context uh, because this is very early in the public ministry of Jesus. And what I'm about to read, it's actually words that Jesus said when he's preaching his most famous sermon of all time. It's a sermon that's known as the Sermon on the Mount. And, and this sermon is actually the largest recorded teaching of Jesus that is in the Bible. It covers three chapters, Matthew chapter five, Matthew chapter six, and Matthew chapter seven. And this sermon is filled with bangers. I mean, just such an incredible message. And he starts out this whole message by telling us who we are. And we'll pick this up in Matthew chapter five, starting in verse 13, where Jesus says, these are words written in red in my Bible. It says, you are, listen, you are the salt of the earth. But what good is salt if it has lost its flavor? Can you make it salty again? It will be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. You are, again, you are the light of the world like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Today, if you are taking notes, which I really hope you are, we actually give you something inside of that worship guide to take down notes. If you didn't bring your own journal or maybe you're not taking notes in your phone, I want to encourage you to take notes. It'll really help you kind of retain a lot of what we're talking about. That's why we encourage you to do that. Uh, But today I want to talk to you about the fact that you are salt and light. So for the next few minutes, I want to talk about this subject that Jesus talks about in Matthew chapter five, that you are, we're we're going double dip today. Okay. I'm telling you two things. You are salt and you are light. And by the way, that is a declaration, not a promise. In fact, there are over 8,000 promises in the Bible, but this is not one of them. This is not something that Jesus says that you will be salt and light. He says, no, you are salt and light. Like that's who you are. But my question is, what does that mean for our everyday lives? 
And so I got two points today that is taken directly from this text. And here's point number one, write this down. You are salt. You are salt. We see this in verse 13. He says, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. Now, it's really important for you to understand the context of this. At the time that this was written, salt was one of the most important and the most valuable resources on the planet. In fact, at that time, people were often paid in salt. And that's where we get the phrase, like he's not worth his salt. Anybody ever heard that phrase? It actually comes from this time because people were paid in salt. But salt is also very important and very valuable because of all the different ways that salt can be used. And this week, as I studied for this message, I found out that there's over 14,000 uses for salt. Now, I don't have time to go through all that. So sub point one and two and three and all the way to 14,000 of how salt can be used. So I just picked out some of the main ones, some of the, some of the big ones, because I want you to understand why salt is so important and why he says, Hey, you are salt. And so one of those reasons is because salt, it seasons, salt seasons. Um, how many of you have ever noticed that, that like how much better food tastes with a little bit of salt on it. I mean, it's so much better. Like, have you ever had some food brought out to you that was really bland? And like, you just knew like that first bite, you're like, no, nah, this ain't it. This ain't it. This is not what I want. <laughs> and so what do you do? You just politely and kindly as you can say, can you please pass the salt? And then you just, you, you get your salt and then you just, if it's really bland, it's really bad. You, you test it out and you're like, nah, it needs more. It needs more. And, um, that's what we do because salt is, is seasons and it makes it taste better. And Jesus says, Hey guys, listen, here's a picture of what I want you to do every single place that you go. That's your job. Here's what I want you to do in your family. Here's what I want you to do. Every single place that you go in this city, here's what I want you to do. Here's who you are. Here's that. Listen, listen, you should make the world taste better. You should bring out the God flavors in this world. See, I'm a big believer that Christians and followers of Jesus should bring some flavor into the world. Like the things of God need to come out into the world because you get around, not hatred, not division, not arguing, not debating, not complaining, not being negative, not apathy. No, like instead, like we should be people that season everything and everybody that we're around with the things of God. Like we should be going around and just people should be experiencing the love of God and the peace of God and the passion and joy when people are around us, that kindness and hope, unity, encouragement. Like that's what, in a world that desperately needs things like that. In Colossians chapter four, verse six, it says this, get this, like let your conversation, let the words that you speak be always full of grace, seasoned 
with salt so that you may know how to answer everyone. Now, this one gets all up in my kitchen. Because I'm going to be honest, sometimes my words don't have salt on them. But here's what that scripture says. So when you're talking to people at work, man, make sure that your words are seasoned with salt. That before you post, before you respond to anything on social media, sprinkle some salt on that bad boy before you hit send. That before you have a conversation with someone who disagrees with you or who maybe believes something different than you, make sure that that person leaves salted, not assaulted. <laughs> That's what that scripture says. And I love the, the message paraphrase of, of what we read. Listen to what it says. It says, let me tell you why you are here. That makes me perk up. Let me tell you why you are here. You're here to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of this earth. See, salt seasons, but there's other uses. See, salt preserves. Like when, when salt, it's like salt is often used as a preservative. Like it keeps things from expiring and going bad. At least for many things, it at least slows it way down. For example, like beef jerky, it does not spoil. As nasty as it sounds, your Slim Jim is good forever. <laughs> it has a best eaten by date just because of like just um, health, uh, but it does not have an expiration date. Why? Because that bad boy is preserved by salt. Look at the sodium count. It's massive because it's preserved by, by, by salt. And listen, we are salt. And here's what that means in this context, which means we are people who should preserve the things of God. Like we should preserve his ways and his values and his priorities, his beliefs, his doctrines. Like we should preserve the Holy Bible, that this is the word of God that is alive and that is powerful and that as Christians, it is our responsibility to preserve the word of God and his church to the next generation. That's why I believe so much in ministry to the next generation. That's why we will always invest our best into the next generation. That's why we will always invest in kids ministry. That's why we'll always invest in student ministry because it's so important because that's part of our calling as salt because we are called to preserve the things of God. Salt preserves. Another thing is that salt creates thirst. I don't know if you've thought about this, but at restaurants, at bars, they often set out things like free peanuts or chips and salsa. Come on, God is good, right? It's like free? Yeah, free. Like just eat them? Yeah. If I finish it, will you bring out more? Yes. This is amazing. But like, why do they do that? Why don't they bring out like a plate of chocolate chip cookies or like a big bowl of grapes or something like that? Like why? Because those things are salty. That's why they bring them out. And they hope that you're going to eat a bunch of it and that you'll get thirsty and that you'll buy more drinks. That's why they do that. So if we're salt, 
That means that we should live our lives in such a way that it makes other people around us thirsty for God. Like that our lives, the way that we live our lives, our character, our integrity, how we live our lives, our conduct, like everything that we do should make people thirsty for God. Now listen, like we should live our lives, not just in here a certain way, but out there in such a different, attractive, refreshing, life-giving way that it makes people want whatever we got. Like you should live your life in such a way that makes people thirsty, that people are like, hey, what is up with you? Why do you have that joy? Like, why are you always happy? Why does it seem like no matter what's going on, like you got peace? And it's like, how do I have that? I'm a firm believer that people that, um, that, people that are thirsty will go find people who look like they've had a lot of water. At some point, be like, you know what? Just where? Well, where, where, where can I get some water? And it's because we are salt and salt creates thirst. Two more. Salt melts. Uh, we're all about this one. We know this one. We got this one on lock living in Cincinnati. Um, we know all about this one. Every winter, come on, we crush salt. We're like, where are the salt trucks at? When that we, we talk about things like that a few weeks ago, if you remember when we had that the, kind of this winter, we had one really big ice and combination snowstorm. And um, it was so hard to find salt at any store. I don't know if anybody tried to go find salt, but it was like, it was really hard to find. Many stores had signs up like this, had signs that just said like, we're sold out. Like, don't even come in. Like, you can come in, you can ask for it, but we don't got it. And so we're just going to go ahead and tell you we don't have that. I like it. It says in the bottom, and I said no salt, like no, no salt. And just say, I know you want salt, but we don't got it. And so like a lot of times that was because salt was in such demand whenever that big ice and snowstorm hit. Why? Because salt melts. Now we had a group of people that actually uh, came up to Withrow on the Saturday before church after that ice storm hit and you know, we just got, Hey, we're just going to take a little bit of time and just kind of clear out everything so that people can come to church and not slip on the ice. And you know, that's, that's important to us. We want to make sure we create an excellent environment and experience. And so we, we came here, but actually the job was way bigger than what anybody knew. And that's because there was about three to four inches of pure ice with the snow over the top. And so we'd like move the, move the snow and like, oh no, <laughs> like we got here, we're like, this is bad. This is bad. And so all day long, there was people that were working and breaking up ice and trying to move things. But thankfully we were able to get our hands on some bags of salt and we were able to kind of clear everything out. And, but let me tell you, I, this is no exaggeration. We would not have had church on that Sunday if it wasn't for salt. No way. Because there was just way too much ice. It was extremely unsafe everywhere. And so, but thankfully, we were able to get our hands on some, some salt. Because salt melts ice. In the same way, we are salt. We're to live our lives in such a way. We should speak in such ways. We should carry ourselves in such a way. We should live our lives in such a way that melts and softens 
the cold, hard hearts of those that are around us. Like people that are closed off to God, people that have walls up everywhere spiritually, maybe people who have been hurt by church, like that they would get around us. And because of how we live our lives, that it'll slowly lower their walls and open their heart up to the good news of Jesus. That because when they get around us, the salt, like it melts away the hard parts of their heart so that they can hear this precious life-giving message that God loves them so much that he would give up his own son so that, so that they could believe in him and experience eternal life. Like sometimes people got to have some things melted off before they can hear that. And God says, hey, you're that salt. That's who you are so that people can hear. And here's the last one, salt heals, salt heals. Specifically, salt heals up the healing process. Um, uh, the first year of our church, I tore my hamstring playing church softball, which is officially the oldest man sentence I've ever said standing on this platform. <laughs> tore my hamstring playing church softball. And um, a, a guy in our church, um, he actually told me, he was like, hey, here's, what I want, here's my biggest recommendation. He's an athlete, runs a lot of marathons, does things like that. He said, hey, this is what you need to do, you need to take an Epsom salt bath. And what you need to do is you need to take some of that Epsom salt, you just need to rub that just straight into the hamstring, just get it injected into that hamstring. And so that's what I did, I did that. And even this week, um, This week, I completely lost my voice. It was awful. It was the worst it's ever been. I didn't even know if I was going to be able to make it to this. And I reached out to a lot of people, and and people gave so incredible, helpful suggestions that helped make it to today. By the grace of God, we're so thankful. Um, But one of the things that that I just, I was like, you know, I felt a lot of conviction uh, studying for this message in silence all week. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to gargle some salt water. And so just gargle it. And then I was like, well, if, if salt heals, and I'm literally studying this, so I just drank it one time. And I was like, <laughs> I just kind of gagged and almost threw up. Uh, but I was like, I don't think that that was part of the thing. But, but you're salt, you're salt. And like salt, we can speed up the healing process. Like that we can live our lives in such a way to where we are constantly pointing people to the ultimate healer of their souls so that they can be able to experience true healing with that. Now, after putting all that together, after putting the fact that, okay, what does salt do? Well, salt seasons, salt preserves, salt creates thirst, salt melts, salt heals. Here's my conclusion today. My conclusion, if I could wrap all that up into one, is that salt, here's what I discovered this week, it makes everything better. That's what salt does. And Jesus says, hey, you wanna know who you are? You're salt. You are made by God to make things better. That's who you are. When Jesus says you are the salt of the earth, he's saying you are here to make sure that everything and everybody that you're around is better. Like that's who you are. That's the first thing he says. Then he goes on to say, number two, that you are light. You are light. And we see this in verse 14 through 16. He says, you are the light of the world. 
A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your father in heaven. Now, I, I grew up in old school church where we had VBS, Vacation Bible School. Come on, raise your hand if you've ever been to a vacation Bible school. Come on, represent right here, okay? And we would always sing this song, This Little Light of Mine. Anybody, anybody ever sing that song? Okay, like this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. You put up your lights. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. And we're at the church I grew up, we go, oh, yeah. And then verse two, verse two, I'm not going to do the whole thing, by the way. Again, it says, uh, verse two, it's like, hide it under a bushel? No, no, absolutely not. No, no, no. I'm not going to hide that light under no bushel. Verse three, uh, verse three is my favorite because it was, I won't let Satan it out. Yeah. I'm going to let it shine, you know. And it comes from this verse where Jesus says, you are light. Like that's who you are. You're not just salt. You are light. That's who you are. And don't hide your light. Don't be ashamed of your light. No, let it shine bright because this dark world desperately needs light. Listen, darkness is not something to run from. Darkness is something to shine into. Oh yeah, that is good. You need to write that down. Darkness. Darkness is not something to run from. Like darkness is something to shine into. If you call yourself a follower of Jesus, that's what he says. He says darkness, the things of this world that, ah, that's dark. It's not something to run from. It's something to shine into. Like I dream of being a church that just doesn't comfortably hide in a church bubble all week long. I dream of a church that yes, we come together and we worship Jesus and we lift up the name of Jesus. We experience the presence and the power of God. That's why we need to gather here so that we can get full and so we can be overflowing so that we can go out on mission to make a difference and to light up every single dark area of our city all week long, pointing people to Jesus. That's what I dream of. Like everywhere we go, in every environment, like at your job, listen, you are light. In your office, you are light. On your Zoom calls, you are light. At your school, you are light. In your family, in your friend group, you are light. In your neighborhood, at your apartment complex, you are light. At the gym, at the grocery store, at the coffee shop, at restaurants, everywhere you go, you are light. You are not, listen, a normal Christian who just goes to church. By the way, I, normal doesn't even exist. You are made in the image of God. There's nothing normal about that. Like you are not a normal Christian who just goes to church. No, let me tell you who you are. You are the light of the world, uniquely designed by God to light up the darkness and to make a difference everywhere you go. The message paraphrase puts it this way. It's beautiful. 
says, you're here to be light, bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. Hear that. Let me just go ahead and just pause right here. And let me just tell you, that doesn't matter what your personality type is. That doesn't matter how long you've been following Jesus, whether it's been one day, one decade or five decades. You're here to bring out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to, I'm going to hide you under a bucket or in the song, a bushel. Do you, I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I've put you there on a hilltop, on a light stand, come on, on the count of three, everybody say this next word, one, two, three, shine. That's who I made you to be, shine. So here's my conclusion with this one. See, if salt makes everything better, light makes everything brighter. If salt makes everything better, light makes everything brighter. So when you put those two things together, that when Jesus says, Hey, you want to know who you are? If you're my follower, you are salt and you are light. Here's what he's saying, that you are created by God to make everything better and brighter. That is who you are. You want to take those verses and wrap them up into one sentence is this that you are created by God to make everything better and brighter. Every place you go, every environment that you're in, that's what God created you to do. Make it better and brighter. Like Queen City, that's who you are. You are not at your job by accident. You're not in your office by accident. You are not in your family by accident. You are not in your friend group by accident. You're not in your neighborhood, your apartment complex, your school by accident. No, you are salt and you are light. You are created by God to make everything better and brighter. And when you know who you are, you will know what to do. Now, as we end this series, um, I want to end the same way that we started six weeks ago in week number one, with this simple fact that we all wear a lot of labels, all of us, every single one of us, we all have a lot of hats that we wear. We all have a lot of labels and some we choose, some we don't, some we give ourselves, some other people give us, some the world and culture tries to give us. And by the way, let me just say this again. There's nothing wrong with that. Like that's a reality of life. Like that's called life is that we all have to wear that. So for for me, you know, like I'm I'm a husband, I'm a dad, I'm I'm a pastor. I got a job. So it's part of one of the labels I wear. And you know, like that's, I'm a Christian. And so we all have labels. Some we choose, some we don't, some other people give us, some we give ourselves. But over the last six weeks, I've tried my very best to really challenge you to let God and let God's word, let him first determine who you are. Because, I, because the priority of it matters. 
because all those things are true and all those things are life, but who's the one that earns the right to actually say, no, 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 here, here, here's what's top of that list. And what I've challenged you is that even if like, you're not there from a faith perspective, just say, hey, for the next six weeks, would you be open? Would just your heart be open, your mind be open to say, hey, like there's some things that are in this book that aren't just written by man. Like there's a lot of men that, that wrote this Bible, but it was penned by one author, same as God. And like God wants to say some things to you about who you are. And I've tried my best to say, hey, for at least six weeks, let God tell you who you are and let him have the final say when it comes to your identity, because the only person who has the right to define you is the one who created you. And he says, you want to know who you are? When he, when we say, Hey God, who are you? He says, you are first and foremost, you are my son and you're my daughter. That's who you are. You're a son and daughter of the most high God, but it doesn't end there that you are also an ambassador. Like I created you in a way to represent me every single place that you go. Like I made you that way, regardless of what your personality is, regardless of, of what you think your qualifications are. Like I created you to represent me into every single place that you go. And also that you are a, a masterpiece. Like I created you in such a way with unique gifts and passions and like I'm perfectly designed, like you are a, like a priceless piece of art. And I've actually created you not just to pray and not just to worship me, but I created you to do some things that if you don't do those things, I'm telling you the world misses out because they're uniquely designed for you. And he says, also you are chosen. And that the reality of life is, is that we live in a world where you have to perform. And if you don't perform, you don't get chosen. You don't make the team, you don't get the raise. You don't get the job. But he says, that's not how I roll. And he says, hey, I know that there's other people that maybe haven't chosen you, but I do. I choose you. And then he says, not only that, you are more than a conqueror. You're a hooper, Nikaya. Like, because of what I've done in your life, because you have access to the Holy Spirit, when you believe in me, you have access to the same power that rose Jesus from the dead so that whatever is facing in your life that you can't seem to overcome, guess what? Because of the power that I have, like you can have not just victory, not just a little bit of victory, you can have overwhelming victory. He said, that's who you are. You are more than a conqueror. You just don't conquer stuff. You're more than a conqueror. And then he says, hey, let me tell you who you are. It's that you are salt and you are light. 
I made you to make everything better and brighter. Every person that you're around, every environment that you go into, because you're there, it's better and it's brighter. That's who you are. Now, I've tried my hardest to be able to tell you who God, through his word, says that you are. But as we end this series, I thought that it would be good to take a moment to create some space for God himself, not me, but for God to tell you who you are. When you walked in, I know that our greeters tried our very best to get you one of those worship guides. And inside that worship guide is one of these name tags. And I want you to pull that out, pull that out. If you don't have one, if you somehow snuck past them, reveal yourself, raise your hand, and we will have people that will give you one. Just do that. Yeah, go ahead. The, the T-Rex, come on, raise it up high. Come on, be proud that you slipped by like a Joe Mixon running past somebody, okay? And go ahead and grab one of these. Grab one of these, grab one of these. you don't have one, just keep your hand up. Keep your hand up. We'll get you. We'll get you one. We'll get you one. I want everybody to do this. If you don't have a pen, that's on you. <laughs> so, because <laughs> they gave you one. Um, so, grab one of these. Grab one of these. Pull it out. And I want to, we'll, we'll end in just a moment. We'll end in just a moment. But as we end this series and we start to think starting next week on the, on the miracles of Jesus, I wanna take just a moment and I wanna encourage you to pray this prayer. Pray this prayer. Go ahead and put that up. God, who do you say that I am? I've tried my best to tell you, but I want you to take a moment right now and just pray that prayer. And I want you to write down some things that you feel like God's speaking to you. And just write it down on that, on that name tag. And just take some time. I don't want to rush it. But just ask him, God, who do you say that I am? I know the world tries to tell me. I know that I've even tried to tell myself this is who I am. Other people have tried to tell me this is who I am. But God, who do you say that I am? And I wanted you to have this because I wanted you to write those things down. Or maybe you need to do it later today. But I want you to keep this somewhere as a way to remind you. Because here's what I've come to learn. I've been following Jesus since June 25th, 1999. I'm prone to forget stuff like this. And I'm stubborn, so I need some reminders. So I want you to take some time, write that, write down what you feel like God's speaking to you. This is who you are. Write those things down. Whatever he speaks to your heart. And when you're done, I want you to hold those in your hands. And I just want to pray. I want to pray over those. So let me pray. If, you, if you're still doing it, that's okay. But let me just pray. If you're done, just hold these in your hands. God, I just... I thank you for speaking to us today. I thank you for your word and thank you for telling us who we are. And God, over the last six weeks, we tried our best to tune our ear to hear you. 
And God, even I believe in the last few moments that you've spoken some things maybe specifically to people. And God, I ask right now that you seal these things in our hearts. God, I pray that out of the list and the labels that we have, God, would what you say go first on our list. And God, I ask that you continue to help us know who we are. God, continue to make that as crystal clear as possible. Help that be so real in our hearts. And God, will you help us know who we are so that we can know what to do? And with every head still bowed and every eye still closed, and maybe you're here and, and you're far from God. Maybe you're here and deep down, like there's part of you that just thinks like there has to be more to life than what you're experiencing. And maybe you've tried a whole bunch of things because of that thought that there has to be more, but you find yourself at church today and you're just dissatisfied. You're unfulfilled in so many different ways. And I want you to hear this. You are made for more. Like you were, you were made by God to be in relationship with him and to live your life on mission. Like God made you to be salt and to light, but that starts with believing in Jesus. Everything starts there. Everything starts with receiving his love and his grace, his forgiveness and making the decision to follow him. Like, but everything starts with you giving him your life. And maybe you've never made that decision. Or maybe you have in the past and today you find yourself just so far from God and you just need a, a fresh start today. And we wanna give you that opportunity right now. We're not gonna point you out. We're not gonna do anything to like embarrass you. We're not gonna make you come forward, nothing like that. I just wanna lead you in a simple prayer. And if today you know that, man, I need to get right with God. Let me put it this way. Let me just ask you bluntly. Do you have a relationship with God? Not religion. I'm not asking if you go to church. I'm asking, do you have a relationship with God? And if the answer is no, I wanna invite you to start one today. And all I wanna do is I wanna lead you in a simple prayer. And if you wanna be included in that prayer, if today you know, man, I, I wanna get right with God. I wanna give him my life. I wanna start or restart my relationship with him. If you're here and that's you on the count of three, I want you to boldly put your hand up in the air just as a sign of faith saying, include me in that prayer. If you're here and that's you on the count of three, put your hand in the air. One, two, three, if that's you, raise it up high, raise it up high. Let me see your hand. Got you, got you. It's awesome. It's awesome. I'm proud of you. Right there, right there. Yes, it's awesome. You can put your hand down and just pray something like this. Just say, Jesus, I need you. And I'm sorry that I've lived my life without you. Will you come live inside me? Will you change me? Will you make me brand new? I surrender my whole life to you. I give you my life. And today I receive your grace. I receive a fresh start. I receive your forgiveness. And I choose to follow you. We thank you so much for Jesus. And it's through Jesus that we pray. And everybody said, amen. Church, can you clap your hands? Come on. And just tell how proud you are of those who made that decision. Come on. We are so proud of you. It's awesome. 
If there's anything in your life that we can pray for, please visit queencitypeople.com prayer. For the latest updates on our church, follow us on social media at queencitypeople or visit queencitypeople.com.